Ciao Ciao ragazzi. All good. Into Worldwide Podcast, episode 76. Mario already making things uh, not awkward at all. How you doing, Mario? Long time no see. What's up, what's up, what's up? You know, feeling good after today's win. Chilling. 100%. And we welcome back to the show, to the channel, one of our favorites, Christian Rivas. It's been a while. How you doing, brother? I'm living. All I got to say is, Mario, you're a liar. You came in in the end of the first half. That's, That's it, okay. man. That's it. I still got three, you, uh, two if goals. If you even watched. If you even I watched. watched the, I watched from 35 minutes on. That's all I need to see. You man, you woke up at minute 40. What are you talking about? I still got no, the No, I woke time. up at minute 25. I, I peed. I made a coffee. The game was one nothing. I've got so an echo, I, I, I got an echo in the other room of us streaming, so I'm going to let you both chat about how you both watched the game for a second. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey Mario, you're looking awfully nice today. This is our usual conversations that go on without Anthony. Yeah, no, I got a haircut yesterday. They got like kind of like he cut my face a little bit, but it's okay. Yo, look, you even got a little bit of pubic hair there, man. Right, a little bit, a little bit. That's no. better. Oh man, good to go. Oh yeah, we've been good to go for a while. We've been live for like over a minute, but it's all good. It's all about being comfortable with that live stream, no matter what. But I've still got a list of things that we're going to have to chat about no matter what, live or not live. Christian, bro, let's go through the team. Let's go through everything today. First things first, expect a W for us, more so for the optimistic sector of the fan base like yourself, who would not have been fussed at all over this fixture considering the way we played. Like, we came out ready to go. And I love the whole, you know what? We played really, really well for 38, 39 minutes in that first half. I was fine to absorb pressure for that five minutes. There was only one time. It was when Bastoni and De Vrij sort of collided on the left-hand side of the box. I think Chanaloglu had like a snapshot that went wide. But other than that, no pressure, bro. We did our thing today like we did against Juve, but it actually paid off a little bit better because Milan fatigued quicker. Man for man, they're not as durable as Juventus. We got that third goal. Lukaku is fat, sucks, has a shit first touch and should have been sold because it's a waste of money. <laughs> I don't know, man. Some people in the fan base still think he's not clutch, still thinks he's not good, still thinks he's not doing anything, and still thinks he's a waste of money. Hold on, give me a second. <laughs> Everyone's got a dip at some point. Um, Mario, obviously, we spoke eight doing? hours ago, man, but what I've read online since the game has come out you know everything everyone's been pretty happy um, with everything Conte giving a nice rap to the boys I did end up looking at those post-match um, interviews and Handanovic did say you know this hard work started with Luciano Spalletti it's a really nice shout out yeah and it really is the start of where this team started to core and gel together and realize that they need to shoot higher yeah we literally talked about it earlier with, uh, with Bruno he said the same exact thing it all started with Spalletti he took us from being a mediocre club to being a club that has an idea or a dream and identity and all that stuff. And then Conte kind of took that vision and he said, I'm going to make this a, the best possible endeavor that I can. He took it, he ran, he's like, I need this, this, this Lukaku, Hakimi, uh, whoever to make it happen. He, he got what he wanted and uh, it's really paid off. Uh, but of course it couldn't start with Spalletti. He put the team in line. He got them, uh, he got the whole thing started. Really, he took us from nothing. So that guy deserves a he deserves a, a, a good amount of credit. I mean, you know, I would say it started a little bit before that. 
Okay, even so. Nah, I don't think so. Because be the pieces, the pieces were already coming together, little by little, like. Little by little, though, it took Spalletti, in my opinion. He was the first one to come and start rearranging the pieces. Yeah. A few of the pieces were there, and he was like, now, let's start I'm kind, of, I'm kind of Mancini started it, then they destroyed it, and Spalletti yeah. elevated it. Because Mancini did start bringing in the pieces. He did. He did start bringing in the players, and he still – he did try to start an actual project. It's just that we had an owner it. at the time that – didn't feel that it was the right move to make. And he was yeah. more of looking at reintegrating Inter into the economic world and not into being a big football team. He just wanted to get the finances straight. Can't knock for it, but you can't get your finances straight if you're not getting money from Champions League. Order against the Champions League, you got to get the pieces. You started mm -hmm. getting your parasites. You started going around getting your locker room captains Ranocchio, keeping them there. And we Dante. moved really big that season, Mercato-wise. That was where we splashed on loans as well. We bought in Yayic, we bought in Jovetic, Felipe Melo, Gary Medel, Condogbia might have been the season after. But all I know is that that was a season where I looked at us on paper and went, oh, shit, for the first time in four years, we've got a team that can win more games than, than it shouldn't. So I, I would agree, man. I would agree for the most part. But, you know, we can sit here and chat all day about the past, but let's talk about the present and the impact it's going to have on our future, my G. Um, what a game today, though, from Samir Handanovic down to Lukaku and everything in between. Everybody was mint today, bro. Ivan Perisic has had his four best games in an Inter shirt in three years in his last four games. That's so yeah. promising. Just to say that, the dude is in form in this like it's crazy it's crazy to even think about um looking at our team celebrate at the end of the day christian as well even seeing ashley young getting a few minutes and celebrating it, it seems like this is this is way the most cohesive we've ever seen this team on and off the pitch so go for it bro your reaction to the derby our players what do you think it means i mean first off let me start off by saying i told you so i said that even though that we're slow starting, the Scudetto isn't won in the first 10 matches of the season. It's a 38-game season. Like, it's going to take time. Secondly, for all those Inter fans that were sitting there crying that we didn't have possession, possession doesn't mean nothing. You're not doing anything with the ball. Hence, go back to prior Inter teams where we would have possession, but all we would do is stupid side passes with Kovacic that would go nowhere. It would be either side to side or backwards. What's the point of just doing side to side and backwards? You're wasting possession. There's no point to it. Yo, even though Milan had their chances, you, you got to give them credit. They did have their chances. Handanovic made a great triple save in a good, like, 30-second span. But besides that, they really didn't do anything. You know, we kept getting them on the counters. Milan, and like, honestly, Pioli, you know Inter is going to sit back and counter. You don't have fast center backs. Why would you high press? Yeah. It makes no sense to high press a counter-attacking team that has a threat like Lukaku and Lautaro. It just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't get what he was thinking. I'm still trying to figure out what his tactical analysis was. You know, what? did you even watch film on Inter before the game? When I was... um. When I was thinking prior to the game, I thought a coach like Conte with seven days to play Pioli 
Conte's probably studying 12 hours a day on what he needs to do. And in that situation, you, you literally see it in the flesh today. I really think Conte had his number right to a T and things were just coming off because we were given that one extra yard of space to try and make things come off. The flicks, the one stop, the one touch passes, the through balls, the runs off the ball. Everything was just working right, Christian. Going to more personnel sort of stuff, man. Talk about the players. Who were you impressed with? What were their moments? Go for it, man, because there were plenty. I mean, I constantly talked about, you know, Mario calls him a bum here and there. I mean, I don't blame him. He's had dumb moments, but I constantly talk about Lautaro Martinez, you know, his off-the-ball movements, a lot of the stuff he does, working with the Lukaku, working off of Lukaku. His best games are when Lukaku performs. Both of them complement each other so well. If one's not doing well, the other's not doing well at all. But everything's starting to come together for Toto in the last two games. He's really been on fire. He's been doing everything that he needs to do. And his finishing is getting better. You guys tend to remember this kid is still under 23. And when it comes to under 23 players, there's no one better than him, Mbappe, and Holland. Like, let's oh, just, be just... Do, do his stat, are his stats seriously the most impressive besides those two in Europe? Someone was saying that today, and I'm yeah. like, that's the second thing I've jumped at today that I've heard of about him. Yeah. Like, if you look it up, legit, his stats are literally up there with the two of them. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I'm not saying they're saying he's Mbappe or, or Holland, but, yo, you got to give the man his credit. Honestly, he could easily take it to the next level because he doesn't have someone like Neymar next to him. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. You you easily got one of the top three players, okay, top five players in the world when he's not hurt at his position. You know what I mean? Luckily, Lukaku is one of the top players in his position. The man's world class. I've been saying it for a while now. As much people sit there and say that I don't know what I'm talking about when I call him world class, prove me wrong. Everything this man has done in an inter jersey has proven that he's world class. His touch is better. His vision is better. Bro, when you look at him get the ball, he legitimately gets it and looks immediately for Lautaro. It's not, it's, he's not a striker that's gone completely greedy and looks out just for himself. Hence the difference between him and Ebra. Mm. Ebra is selfish. Ebra is all about himself. Yo, give the man credit. He's had like an amazing career and everywhere he's gone, he's won. But he's greedy. How far are you going to get with selfish players like that? We had one in Cardi. What did it get us? Yeah, 100%, bro. And when you throw into the fact that he, his physicality just showed today as well, man, when you saw him get subbed off, I'm like, ah, oh, dude, this is a boys versus men in terms of physiology at the moment. And we all look fit. Everybody on that pitch looks fit. And I've, I've already watched the replay again. Like, as, as I'm sure you guys can notice, it's been over 12 hours since the game even kicked off. So I've had a lot of time to watch it back. Hakimi is the type of player where we're starting to call his performances slightly above average because he makes a few mistakes. Oh my God, bro. This brother is anything but average, man. This is a cheat code like no other that we've got on our team. He is incredible, bro. He is unbelievable. And every time we go to his side, I don't care if he makes a mistake because he's coming back with another run 45 seconds later. He is a gold mine of a right-hand side of a player, Christian. Listen, the first battle between Hakimi and Theo Hernandez in the league, Hakimi outclassed Theo. It, it, Theo got lucky that they won, let's be real. Today, Theo was almost non-existent. You know what I mean? Like, 
Hakimi now is not only attacking, he's also defending. And that's what Theo Hernandez lacks a lot. He's just a pure attacker on the side. Like on that wing, all he does is attack. He can't, he's not good at tracking back and defending. And kudos to Hakimi, he stepped up because before he got to us, he wasn't much better as a defender himself. At Dortmund, he used to be called a defensive liability. Yeah. There you go. Mario, still the same thoughts? Pretty much as like eight hours ago, man. Hakimi's he's a beast. He goes up another line and nobody can tell him what to do. Nobody can stop him. They tried to stop him. You know what he did? He gave the ball to Ericsson, and Ericsson gave the ball to Perisic, and Perisic gave the ball to Lautaro, and Lautaro scored. So I love, I loved it, man. I loved seeing that like nine out of ten players in the world right there just trip over, go for a roll, and take the free kick. But he's like, nah, man, I back, I back myself physically to keep going here. And look at how we just kept chasing and opened up the play for him, man. Everybody knew exactly where to be and what to do. Conte-esque, bro. He cut right through two defenders. Would have had the foul had he went down. And then he brought the third defender, uh, one of the center backs. Who was it? Uh, Kyat, I think oh, it was. No, 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 yeah. yeah, it was one of them. He brought the third, def- the third center back. And then... Because he took the so much space on that run, and he took so much uh, the defenders with him, Eriksson, uh, Barella, he had like two, three options right in the middle of the field. That's not even including uh, Lukaku, who was already up there in Lautaro. You know, like it, it, the, the whole run was just, was, just, was just a masterpiece. And then, you know, he could just do that 90 minutes, and it's just a constant threat. Like even when he's not getting the ball – He's a threat. He's dangerous. Those runs open up so much for us, and it makes Lautaro and Lukaku's job so much easier. And on top of that, the midfield, they could find him. Even if, you know, like if if something else isn't on, they could just ping one over the top. He'll get there. And if if he doesn't get there, it's a corner. It's a throw, and they're going to clear because he has the pace, the IQ, the, the work rate. You just either go right around them, bully them off the ball, win it, touch it off of them, anything. It, it, <clears throat> he's a problem. And and even on his worst days, he's still an effective player. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, speaking of the midfield, bro, we've had this opportunity to slowly integrate Vidal back and get some minutes as well. And he'll be fit to come back as well, man. So we can start talking about rotating, um, not, not even starters, just having these impactful players off the bench. It's really an incredible luxury to have, Christian. So as we spoke about this morning, we're looking at, you know, bringing Vidal off the bench. Galliardini is always a good option off the bench as well. You're looking at our team depth-wise and thinking, you know, just how many games can we close out early, my bro? Like, I really think that this is a side that can play each Serie A fixture and take control from the first minute up until the last. Yeah, I mean, you're right. We can. We definitely can. We got the right personnel, the right players. If you look at everybody we got, look on the bench, you still got Alexi Sanchez and Arturo Vidal, they're like, come on, bro. Who else can say they have that type of quality? Yeah, 100%. Sanchez got a few minutes today, bro. So I don't know. Like when you look at the fixtures coming up, it's inevitable that he gets a run. You know, Genoa, Parma, Atalanta, Torino, Sassuolo. But the gaps in between the fixtures are pretty nice. You know, you get five days, Monday to Friday. Then again, from the 5th of March till the 9th, till the 15th, till the 21st. All these rest periods, man, I think we're just going to put our, foot, our first foot forward every single time. So 
the starting 11 that we saw today is definitely our best starting 11. We're probably just going to see that until somebody physically can't take the pitch or is injured. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that Quanta is going to do his quad rotation. Every game does dictate different starters. It doesn't always have to be the same exact players. Uh, you know, every, again, Lukaku is looking at one more yellow and he's suspended. Honestly, I would have had him take him today. Just rather lose him from Genoa than other, any of the other games coming up. That's just me personally. Yeah, I remember Mourinho used to do it back in the day. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of players. Hakimi's missing this weekend too. Yeah, we spoke about that earlier today. Hakimi um, took that yellow, which means he'll miss it. But that's all right, man, because, you know, I think he was a little bit overdue for a rest. And Damian's a great option on that right-hand side to bring in anyway. Um I don't know if your boy Danilo D'Ambrosio is going to be um, getting any minutes soon, though. When When's his actual return date, Mario? First, uh, I think, I think like, he's, I back the, he's back he in the He's back in the choices. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, He came on so, as a sub. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly, that's right. So when he starts coming on, you can start to start to expect that he'll be ready to get it uh, quickly. It's not like a Stefano Sensi thing where you see him for four to ten minutes at the end of every game and then he dips out for another three weeks. Unbelievable. I want to give my friend Christian Rivas a few minutes, a little bit of time, to go in on the rivals and their fans. All right. Oh, it's, okay. It's all uh, you keep the mouth as like as clean as possible, but like you know, whatever, bro. It's into worldwide. Do what you need to can do. Can I? Can I? Can I start it how I want? Uh, colorful. Rant, no, no, no. This rant was brought to you by Migo Productions and Migo Radio. Shout out to my boy Alex in the building. Uh, so we're gonna start it like this. Their fans are pretty much brain dead. I mean, what do you expect? Milan fans aren't that great. They always talk a big game, and then they get quiet, and then they just insult. They don't even discuss. They don't even say nothing. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Anthony. None of them, none of them ever bring anything to the table that's worth a while. You know what I mean? Like, they just talk, 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 and you're like, okay, but this. And then they're like, no, 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 no. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. Juve, <laughs> hey, good luck on fifth place, my man. Wow. It, is, it is what it is. And uh, Napoli, man, I really hope Gattuso gets it together, dude. He's not a bad coach. He's just in a bad situation. They got a lot of injuries. They got a lot of COVID situation going on over there. It is they what just, it is. They just got a lot of negative energy altogether, man. Like, De Laurentiis was negative before Gattuso arrived. I think it might be time for him to pass the torch and for the club to start seeking a new identity because I feel like they're just latching onto something and trying to make it work. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, to a point where I was hearing he was reaching out to Saudi, like, yo, that's dead. Everything Saudi did, I would never bring him back to Napoli. I I'm not a Napoli fan, but, yo, that's like, come on, bro. After what Juve did and getting Iguain, and then you're going to go over there, and then you're going to act like everything's all copacetic? Like, nah, that's dead. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't take him back. I wouldn't have any respect for him. Sari is still on Juventus's payroll, which means Napoli would have to break that contract. And I just don't see him doing anything of the sorts anyway. Um, we might talk a little bit about other fixtures soon, but, you know, we've got to talk about our own first. Genoa is coming up next. Um, you know, our whipping boys of the last four seasons, but looking a lot better since they changed themselves at the, uh, at the helm as well. But, you know, this seems like the type of game where after they clawed it back against Verona, Christian, we should be able to hit them up and get a sweet victory. What are you thinking against Genoa, man? You think we take an easy dub? 
I mean, I'm I'm gonna sit and say this game, this win brings on a string of victories. Uh, I think Milan loses to Roma because Roma dropped points today against Benevento, and they need to keep up in the race because they could get caught from behind as well from Juve and also from Lazio. So they have a point to prove at home against Milan. I see them winning. Our gap goes to seven. And then you just start seeing Conte doing what Conte does best. Start getting a gap and creating it bigger and bigger and bigger until, boom, Scudetto 19 happens. I get my Campioni 19 shirt. And I just start running my mouth. And I get my whole little segment on here, like a whole five-minute gloat session. Yeah, sounds good. Didn't we say we were going to get some jerseys if we did win it this year? Yeah. I think we said well, we were getting Conte jerseys, wasn't it? Nine, no, it was either 19 Conte or 21 Conte, something like that. I think 19. 19 sounds better. I, I was going to get Campione 19. Campione, maybe like Conte on the top, Campione 19 at the bottom of it, but I don't know. Personify that shit. Should look pretty good. I think good. you can do that. I look. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, my plan is I'm going to get my boy Andrea to get that John signed by the whole squad for me. So, you know. He just we'll don't talk. know it yet. I'll message him tonight about it. <laughs> oh man. Um Mario, what about Genoa, bro? Just quickly from yourself. Uh how'd they do the other day? Didn't, did they win this weekend? They, they had a late equalizer against Verona to make it 2-2. Another good result. So they've they've put they've really pushed up. They'll grind it out. They won't be an easy beat, but I think they're no. tired. I think they're they, tired. They have they're they're one of those weird teams that they can just pull points randomly and then they pulled points on uh, Napoli the week before, uh, yeah. two nothing with Pandev. So they're you know they're kind they're not really in form. Uh, Hellas Verona is a, a tricky team to play also because they're so good defensively and tactically. Verona is good, bro. You know how I feel about Verona. I've said it here time. That's and time what I'm saying. They're, they they're not an easy team to beat, especially especially when you're when you're on that lower level. Like like Genoa is where you're like mid mid table, uh, kind of kind of struggling up and down. Uh, can't really find a consistent form, but um, you know, not they beat a weak Napoli team and Napoli they retarded. Something's wrong, bro. Something's wrong. Like deeper. Like remember when we used to say as Inter fans around about 13, 14, like the club's rotten and shit. I'm starting to get those sort of vibes at Napoli. They, they just don't have any stability within the players. Uh, I mean, I, I could go on for hours about Napoli. I watch a lot of them. I talk with a lot of the fans. So like, you know, I talk my I, shit. I but it's, I just don't think Gattuso's the problem. That's just me. Personally. He's not the problem. Like he, he, he doesn't have a good structure for the team. Because I mean, you have his best defender, he's out. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't, had a, he hasn't had a defense. He's missed yeah. Koulibaly and Manolas the past two game, yeah. maybe two. Um, yeah. And and he hasn't really had a consistent consistent squad that he can work with. He's got a midfield that's just atrocious. I mean, the best player is Zielinski, and he's good. He's a good player. I love watching him play. But the other two are the problem. Uh, sometimes you have Deme, who's who's been. He's been good every now and then, but that third player, either Bakayoko or, or Fabian, they're the problem. Too inconsistent, bro. And they're not at that level, to be honest. I think they're just both overrated players. Very overrated. Fabian, Fabian Ruiz, I, dude, I hate his mustache. So I don't care. He looks like he sucks. He, I, I, he's on my, uh, he's up there with my Icardi hate because <laughs> they're like, oh, 
Because they're like, oh, he's a good player. He advances the ball so much. I'm like, okay, let's look at his passing patterns. They're all sideways and backwards. A. B, when you're on a counterattack, the guy goes backwards. C, the guy is so slow. Like I was watching the first half today, and uh, he lost a foot race and a through ball that if, if you're anybody else on that field and you start 20 yards behind wherever he started in midfield, you're getting that ball. He's so slow. He's so ineffective. And he had one game against Inter where he scored a, a freaking worldie against Handanovic. And Napoli fans – like they normally do. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going off on Napoli right now, but they're yeah. like, "Oh, he's, he's a good player. He's this. We spent so much money. He's young. He needs to grow." Same with Osiman. He's young. He needs to grow. I'm like, if you don't show me that you can grow, Lozano, I liked last year. I like Chucky though. And Chucky's having a better year under Gattuso. He's been getting a lot much better, better year. Because he's getting consistent minutes. Ancelotti, it didn't really work out. Um, and even under under um, Gattuso this year, he's played right wing. He's not a right winger. He's played striker. He's not a striker. And he's never played on the left side of the field unless uh, Insignia was hurt. Uh, today, Insignia doesn't, didn't start. But I still think – no, he did start on the left side because Insignia didn't start. Politano was on the right side. So, like – the. The guy doesn't have a position in Napoli, and he's still fucking their best player. It, it's him, mm-hmm. Zielinski, and um, Kulibali Manolas. And then the goalie is just whoever the hell's in form. You know, like they just. I, I still like Drew Martins. I can't take anything with Drew Martins. I know he's old, but he's like in the class. He's like, a very good player. Players, I still like Drew Martins and Insigne. They're, that's what they're missing. If if Mertens isn't on the field, Osimhen's basically useless. I, I hate watching him play. He's giving me oh. those Icardi vibes, where he's like, he, he's 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 very good at doing certain things, but unlike Icardi, and he can't score. Like he's the opposite. He's good on the ball. He's good. He's good movements. He's tall. He's whatever. He doesn't win headers, and they cross the ball a lot. He doesn't shoot the fucking ball, and if he does, it it's it's a pass to the keeper or. Or you know, it's just not effective. Uh, they say they want to talk sh- talk about Lukaku's um, first touch. This guy will take a touch. He will receive a ball twenty yards out, and it ends up out of bounds for a goal kick without touching the ball in between. I'll tell you that much. So if you want to talk about touch, look at this guy. And on top of well, that, I know I hate him, but he's been treated unfairly. On top of that, he's been injured. He's in, he's he's been out with COVID, and I think. They rushed him back. So not only have you spent eighty million on a player that's not worth eighty million, you're not worth forty million. I wouldn't pay twenty million. Uh, I hate Petania; he's been better. But now you're in, you're putting it with already an injury risk, right? So he's got shoulder problems or whatever. Uh, that was the last uh, you know like uh, tampon that he needed. So all of a sudden you're playing this guy. He gets hurt again, and he's already played like seven games this season collectively. Now he's going to miss another four or five, and there's seven, 15 games left in the season. You know, like, I understand you're, you're short for striker, but Lozano's a better striker than him. Uh, point blank, I think he's a better striker, and the guy's not even a fucking striker. Right, I'm, I'm going to embarrassed, bro, because they paid that bullshit amount for him, and now they're just looking for any way, shape, or form for him to stat pad and get himself some statistics to make himself like a decent signing. I mean, the old age saying is if you're good enough, 
you're old enough. That's what they say about yeah. young footballers, right? If you are good enough, you know, fuck your age. We'll look the other way on the birth certificate. But I just don't think he's anything that special. And I think this is a backroom issue. I think Napoli's scouts really, really messed up on this one. Um, but yeah, you know, poor Napoli. I, I don't, I, when I look at their side on paper, I think, oh, you know what? That looks like a decent team. Gattuso looks like a decent coach. Something is wrong that can't really be identified. So I'm not yeah. sure what happens there. Um, Gasperini and Atalanta. Gasperini um, got sent off. Like, I think after Atalanta were denied their first shout for a penalty today, which wasn't a penalty, I don't think. I think he was already going down as he was, like, clipped in the box. But Gasperini I still hate Gasperini. Yo, he's got such a bad attitude, man. So I was going to ask, with them gaining a little bit of form and momentum, you think Atalanta's going to start making their push for top four? You reckon they're finishing there, Christian? I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that it's going to be Inter, Milan. All right, if I'm going to put my top four, I called at the beginning of the year, I called Inter, Milan, Napoli, Juve. Right now, I'm thinking it might actually finish Inter in this order. Inter, Roma, Milan, and I'm 50-50 between Lazio and Juve. He's nuts. He's off his head, this guy. <laughs> like, no, that's serious. <laughs> I know you're being serious. That's why I'm calling you nuts. Bro, Juventus are going to win their two remaining games in hand, and we're going to have to slug it out like an old-school boxing match till the end of the season. Nah, nah see, you know what? Any other year, I would have said that, but this Juve, they're just not there. Like, yo, I'm sorry, Pirlo is not the right coach for them. Yo, I've gone on this rant so many times, but Pirlo's – this man didn't even come at the U19 bro. level. Like, come on, bro. There's but two still, goals in the Champions League, bro, against Porto. I've never seen a Juventus team do that in my 28 years of being on the planet, cough up goals on that sort of embarrassment level. Like, that's really bad, man. That's a Premier League team who's hungover, not paying attention level mistake. Bro, and it's not just that. It's just they continue to make mistakes. They continue to not do anything. Like, it's just they don't show me anything. Like, yo, you can only ride. You can only ride Ronaldo's coattail for so long. Like, how long till teams just figure it out? Because, yo, they don't have a duo like we have Lukaku and Latauro. It's just give it to Ronaldo and pray that they do something. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Right now, Milan's been not, – not Milan. Right now, Roma's, like, literally right behind Milan. You get me? I have more faith in Roma than I do Juve right now, and that's kind of hard to say because Juve just been so consistent. But with Pirlo, he's not finding the formula. He's not. He's not getting any consistency. Mm. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I don't, think Juve I don't like Roma this year. Again, Listen, right now we'll, they're just. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Still... That's, that's the only thing. They're still grinding points. Like, how are they still relevant in this in second place? Let me. They didn't, they didn't get the win second against second Benevento. Jekyll's yeah, pissed me, off. I don't want to be there. Let me That's sum up Roma. If they one. beat Milan, then what? Go, Mario. Roma was up a man with 20 minutes left today, right? Correct? You guys yeah. saw that? What's the That's first it. move they make? <laughs> they made a. Uh, Ultra defensive like substitution. They, they subbed on Juan Jesus. That's your hero, they bro. What do you mean? Fucking suck. I'm sorry. Delete that. 
Juan Jesus. You can't delete it. Another player I hate. I'm just finding everything. Look, 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 man. But for some reason, there's some second place conversation. Take it how you want. Roma's still there, bro, and they're trash. Like, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to you. They're trash, but they still find ways to get points. They still Maybe. find ways to get points. Because everybody else keeps dropping that points. Suck. That just Because everybody else suck. keeps dropping points. But that's the People thing say Serie A is more competitive. Like. People say Serie A is more competitive this year. Maybe everyone in Serie A is just really, really bang average at the moment. You can't, I wouldn't even go that far and say it because honestly, you have the teams that are like legit there. Like, Atalanta is a solid squad, Lazio is a solid squad, Juve, Inter, Milan, they're all solid squads. Even Napoli, with everything they've been going through, they're still there in seventh place. Like, you can't completely cross them out. What if they all of a sudden get healthy and just start banging ones out? Then what? Mm -hmm. Roma, again, they're at 44 points. Still in the conversation for second place. They beat Milan. They go to 47. They're two points behind Milan in second. Then what? You, you're not going to still think they have a chance to finish in top four? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it, so, the possibilities are still there when you're looking at how the league has been going this season. They still have 13 wins and five draws and five losses. Juve have, what, 12 wins, six draws, and three losses. And Juve is just... Not there. They're giving up points. They shouldn't even be in some of these games, bro. They shouldn't have even drew a couple of those games. They should have lost them. But they were given penalties. Ronaldo came out of nowhere. It just, how long can you ride that for? How long are you going to keep riding that magic for? Well, Juve has two games, yeah? Yeah, yeah they got two games. Yeah. Two one games. game. Tomorrow they play one, and then they only have the Napoli game. As of now, they have two games, technically. Okay, let's say they win tomorrow. They have, they have 45. They got a breakdown for Pony. They had a breakdown for Pony. What a world we live in. They got a breakdown for Pony. You never know. Pony might put 36 men behind the ball, and who knows? Ronaldo might well, need to run into someone's shoulder. Maybe uh, the ball boys keep throwing balls in the field. Who knows? That would be crazy. Maybe there will be no ball. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about Milan's fixtures, though, Christian, bro, because talk about dead and buried and how much this can go on. Just, like, let this marinate for a second, yeah? they got to play Red Star Belgrade on Friday. Then on, and then on oh, sorry, well, Thursday for you guys. And then on Sunday, have to play Roma before playing two games in seven days after that against Udinese and Verona. Then they have Napoli and Fiorentina. It's done, so, guys. <laughs> you remember the last time I was on here, I said Milan was stop dropping in February, March, because that's when the fixtures are going to start piling up against them. And the thing is, it's not a whole completely doom and gloom for Milan, because if you would have told a Milan fan at the beginning of the year, Fourth place is guaranteed. Would you be happy? They'd be happy to sit there and sign on the dotted line and be like, yeah, I'll take fourth place. For them, it was just getting back into the Champions League. To even be in the Scudetto talkies was a blessing. So they're, they're overachieving for sure. You know what I mean? Like, if they finish in third or fourth, they're going to be happy regardless. I don't think they completely fall off. I think they might 
end up going to the next level of Europa. I think Roma beats them. I think they start falling off from the title race. I think Inter just builds that gap, and that's that. That's all she wrote. Put at the 19, give me my jersey. And Milan, again, I just don't see it. I honestly don't see them, but they're not dead yet. That's why I'm still going to go with my top four, probably Inter, Milan, Roma, Juve. Fair enough, bro. If they do end up progressing in this round of 32 in the Europa League, it's going to hurt them in Serie A even more because their next opponent, I'm not going to say they'll be tougher than Red Star because contrary to what a lot of um, fans said, like Red Star is one of the toughest teams to play in Europe when you get them. Um, especially they, they dodged a bullet by not having fans and a capacity at their stadium. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I would have actually called them definite to go out to be honest man like i wouldn't even put money on our team to go to serbia and get points over there that's a hostile environment um but yeah like today was a day where i was confident that the daylight has already appeared appeared between us and milan and now we'll be closely looking at our show for juve um afterwards pretty much covered a lot but we're going to be going for 36 minutes surely there's something else we can talk about mario anything oh, else we can talk oh, about oh, yeah uh, talk about how Conte is such a GOAT coach that he's been integrating players. Like, he brought Parrish back from the dead. He brought back wow. I give him credit for also acknowledging in his interview that he gave up on Erickson too fast, but it kept working. Look at him now. Uh, the way Conte has behaved in the press is unlike the way he has behaved ever in his career. I'd really, really love if we were to go on and win this this year, Christian, you know, obviously there is no way that I'd be against him staying on. You know, a lot of fans are saying that even if he was to win it, he could walk away. But I, I'm really starting to like the guy, man. And I really think he's starting to like us a lot as well. Contrary to what a lot of fans think as well, this guy will never be Uno Dinoy. He's not one of us, bro, at the end of the day. He might like us and be really passionate about his job, but we know what he is through and through. But that ain't that's never going to impact anything. The guy's a serial winner. He wants to win. And you but, saw but his behavior towards them in the top. You line. can't really say that, though. You Why? can't say that, that he's not Uno de Nord. Like, the man's starting to show it. Like, yo, he's called, he sat there and called him out on stuff. You know what I mean? Like, come it's on. He's, him, and he's an egotistical you know dude. Doesn't matter. You know what? The simple fact that he called out Juve, a club that he won so much at, he was a part of as a player, to sit there and call them for what they are, saying that they're always getting refereeing decisions, calling out Agnelli, doing everything an Inter fan dreams of doing, he did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You he he, he gave one of these, you know, he was like... <laughs> it's like at school, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and some of you aren't going to like what I'm going to say, but he's going to be there next year. He's still going to be the coach. If he wins as a Scudetto, he's uno di noi, 100%. He's, you know, sangue azzurro, you know. He's, he's one of say us. Say what you want, but he brings a Scudetto home after 11 years, bro. And after all we went through, watching the team implode and collapse after the Moratti's all spending and everything finally caught up with us. To bring us back after all that, yo, he's straight up one of us. You know, he suffered with us. He sat there and dealt with a lot. He got kicked out of games for, for talking smack. You know what I mean? Like, he's legit. 
turning into an Inter. He said, look at Ancelotti. Ancelotti was never a Milan fan. Ancelotti even came out and said he used to be an Inter fan growing up. Would you say Ancelotti's a Milanista or no? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Good point. He, he converted. Like, it is he, what it is. These, these coaches, they come to the situation and because the management and the people that they've surrounded uh, Conte with, Marotta, Vidal, you know, the people that he, he loves, why wouldn't you love the club that, that does this yeah. to you? you? You know, like, he, he you could say he owes the club a, a lot, sure. But also, you know, he backed his end of the bargain. We said, we want, we want to give you 12 million euros. Uh, you know, bring us back. Bring, make us champions. He brings us a Scudetto. It's easy. Uh, you know. Can I, can I ask you gentlemen something? You see how with our influx in form and us pretty much behaving like we're doing this, covering our ears to the media and the world, do you believe any of the bullshit that's come out in the last month? Because we're in the headlines every single day. A, like I know, I know we're probably going to sell majority of the club, but do you believe that the relationship between Suning and the club is in such dire straits as the media is making it out to be? A, do you believe that Marotta is actually conversing with going back to Juventus for a director role? B, do you really think Conte is walking away from his job regardless of the accolades at the end of the season? Because no matter how far we go, gentlemen, we're always waking up with headlines or with outlooks that is doom and gloom no matter what. I've even got like friends and stuff that are sending me messages who are Juventini going, you can win the Scudetto this season and it'll be the start of your financial downfall. I'm like, fuck me. Everyone just turned into Nostradamus and Einstein mixed together in the space of, in the space of a couple of weeks recently in culture, man. Okay, it's first of all, Juve fans shouldn't even be talking because they're in much worse debt than we are. All right. <laughs> you want to talk about financial ruin, go look at your books and then come back and talk to me. Second... You have Fiat and Ferrari backing you. Like, come on, you cut there. You cut plant workers' salaries just to fund Ronaldo. Get out of my face with that. Like, this is you trying to go there. Secondly, it will be tragic to see something go. But if they go, they go. I honestly see them selling a minority share just to get by. Again, they're probably it, it, whether China wants to admit it or not, having a Chinese company being in charge of one of the biggest teams in European football, promoting a Chinese company, and also getting another Chinese investment group to be the shirt sponsor, at the end of the day, is promoting the Chinese economy. So does it make sense to close one of the only, only football clubs that's putting anything Chinese out there and making China look like a good investment group? Would it make mm. sense to get rid of that? Let's nah. be serious. I, then again, I'm not Chow Huan. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Chi, the XI guy. But yeah, I'm not him, so I don't. I don't know what he'd be thinking. But it doesn't make sense for me for me to sit there and sit just there look and at. This is your way of promoting the Chinese economy and Chinese investors to the world. And if you're gonna cut that out then who would want to do business with you? Honestly. Fair, fair enough. I was going to ask, and I'll go to Mario for this. Do you feel like regardless of what happens on paper, there's still a structure in principle behind the scenes? Like Zhang and his 
and his dad and whatnot, they really don't look like they're ready to give up this project so quickly. They invested so much into it, both financially, physically, mentally. Like we were all still under the impression that the, the project was still in its junior years and now it's had to be cut at the throat. I don't know if Conte and Marotta, I'd love to think that Conte and Marotta are willing to continue this project even with them only partly behind the scenes. What do, what do you think, man? I know it's really early to say and a lot of shit can change, but where do you see this project going beyond this season? I think it continues. I mean, I think there's a lot of, uh, of behind the scenes that we don't know about. I mean, like there's all the politics behind it and all that stuff, obviously. But for the foreseeable future, uh, I, for now, I could, I could say I see it continuing. Uh, as long as Marotta and Conte are supported by whether it's Suning or, or whoever they, they decide to sell to or forced to sell to, whatever the case is, as long as they're around and they have support, um, I don't see why you wouldn't support them if you're an ownership group. Uh, I mean, these are two of, of the most successful uh, staff members in, in Italy, and you could even say the world, because Conte has been there, done that. He won at Chelsea. At Chelsea, Marotta has brought Juve. You know, he's just always been there for Juve. He's, he's, he's brought them back from uh, Serie B. I think he was part of that for a good amount of time if not he was definitely up there with their with their with their success so i mean you you can't overlook these two and and, and start your own project and be like i'm going to bring in my own guys from uh, the premier league or or from some other stupid thing france whatever where they're kind of just like oh there are guys you know like, i don't see don't, don't be american Exactly. Like, just don't do that. Don't try to be like, oh, we're American. We want to be like Liverpool. We want to be like this stupid team. What we have in place works. It's going to work. And you just have to support it. Whoever the, the, the owners are. Mario, what's the old saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sam. There you go. I mean, if, if the ownership comes in and, and decides – Marotta's got to go. Conte's got to go. One of them, ha if one of them has to go, it's over. It, then we're right back where we are, where we started. Uh, you know, like the Spalletti days, where we're kind of like, you know, we're good, but we're not great. You know, we're we're coming back up, sort of thing. So it, I don't. I think I it's mean, a lot of like, direction and leadership at the top of top of a football club in a modern day sport where business and economy is everything. Like, far out, man. Like, the, the clubs that are going to succeed and win all the trophies and hog all the trophies are the ones that are going to have good leadership from top to bottom. And we're on our way to getting that. So if there's some sort of way that we can create the stability, like, just keep the stability within the club, keep the same sort of vision and not veer too far off, that's what we need. Christian, go for it, bro. Listen, if we win Scudetto, I don't see Sonny leaving because I got to look at it as, this is another it's way for us to continue building what we're doing. Yeah. That's yeah. my personal opinion. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. How far until this Genoa fixture before we wrap this podcast up? Uh, oh, I want to touch on what Mo was saying. Um, Yo, everyone, what said everyone said Perisic yeah. uh, is dead. I mean, look – Conte, he's he's brought back Ericsson, Perisic, and you could even say on a stretch, Hanalovic. That must be what most most talking about when he's saying I kept saying, remember Alonso yeah. and Moses. Like Conte tactically is able to get these guys to adapt a little differently. Yeah. Like he's 
like Skriniar last year, uh, he wasn't good. He wanted to be replaced. I, I, I've, I'm really pushing this agenda now. I'm starting. I'm starting to push this shit that he wasn't supposed to be a starting center back at the end of this year, but he played his way in, and because of the restrictions, we had no other option, so we had to play. Uh, that's why Colado was brought. That's why D'Ambrosio was starting uh, center back a lot. But Handanovic, the past three three weeks, he's been a freaking stud. We haven't complained about him, have we? He hasn't been caught standing. He's been. Man of the match today. He was might have been man of the match today. Uh, dude, I, I watched it again, Mario, bro. After we did our first live stream, that that two minute period, three mm-hmm. goals should have gone in. Like obviously, mm-hmm. in context, three goals wouldn't have gone in. It would have been one, but an equalizer yeah. should have gone in in that yes. point for sure. Exactly. He 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 freaking did whatever it took to not only save the ball but to put it into. Uh, to get it out of out of uh, danger, so to speak, and then I think the clearances were shitty or something like that. But he didn't like he didn't parry the ball, and then like right in front of him is an attacker, right? Someone like that. It was like pushed off to the side. He was he got up. Uh, poor clearance, misclearance. Uh, Brozovic uh, had a little of an issue, and uh, he ran in a circle, and then they just ripped Tonali ripped another shot or whatever the, the hell happened. They. It was. He was all right today. He was all right today. When I rewatched the game again, I'm like, you know what, Tonali making stuff happen. I can see him being a great player in the league. Um, quietly, if Milan drop out of top four, which I'm not saying is going to happen, but it could happen, we're going it's back possible. in. We're gonna find it because financially, it's cool. what's wrong, I Christian? Just, bro? You feeling tired? I, just, I don't know, man. I don't think Tonali was that great, bro. Like outside of that snapshot, what did he do? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, he's I, he's. I don't know. I he's double pivot in midfield and stand up, bro. Remember, we were complaining for ages under Spalletti that we're playing Vecino and Galliardini in a double pivot. Yeah. It's a tough one to stand out in. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's still he's still got a lot to learn. I think the potential's there, but I think that they they kind of just, just think he needs to be. They put it too far ahead on top of him. More. Yeah, I like think, I just think he needs to go somewhere else, get another season, and then he'll be ready for that next mm-hmm. step. Because I mean, he's not getting that many minutes, and he's starting to fall off. Like I, I looked at him today, and I was like, "Damn, I'm low key glad we didn't buy him." At that age, you can't develop if you're only going to come off the bench every second game. <laughs> you need constant minutes at that core part of your career. So if they're going to buy him, they actually might need to send him on loan again to us. Uh, Next thing what I wanted to say was Ericsson. He out-touched and outpassed Brozovic today. And he played less minutes. So, you know, the influence... Fucking good, Mario. It was really The influence good. is there, and it's only going to get better. He had uh, 49 touches, 41 passes or something like that completed. So, you know, like 45 passes, whatever the hell it was. I, I had the number up before. But he's become so important to this midfield that Gagliardini won't be seeing the field as a starter. Vidal is going to rotate with, with Ericsson probably. And you have depth that we've been lacking, quality depth that we've been lacking. Since he's out of the question, he's done. He's yeah. The season's over. So, I mean – Erickson, like I said, he, he, once he gets going, he's going to be so important for this team. And 
Yeah, but Ella did not touch them. This guy, Khalid, he said Agume. Yo. Uh, in my opinion, if Bayern is really coming for us, I'm selling him. Tell him, tell him, get him rid of him. Like, we are not going to use him, even if he does have Bayern potential, get some money because we never get money for these sort of players. We let them become semi-good and then we sell them for 1.1 mil. Mm -hmm. Usually yeah. he's coming knocking, we need money. 20 mil, take him. I don't care. He'll probably end up yeah. being a beast over there. 20, hey, 20 for this guy, you're having a laugh because I was going to say seven. Yeah. Hey, if coming, a... they got to have some money, bro. You know, <laughs> you know who else is 20 million? Petania's 20 million. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> so anything's possible. Mo says, how bad was Gags in the 12 minutes? Bro, he was good against Lazio. It wasn't great tonight, but cuz, 3-0. Game was won. His job yeah. was to be a mess. If I was Conte, I would have said in my ear, be a mess. Do what you Get a yellow. Do. We got time. <laughs> Get a foul um, in the midfield. Just Anthony, break something. There's an even more important question here. From uh, Mr. Rosie Sakar, why'd you leave Condell Park High? Yeah, I saw that. That's just one of my one of my ex students, bro. I don't I don't mix into worldwide with my teaching. So whoever that is under the fake account, I miss you guys at Condell Park High. But that's about it, um, bro. I wanted to ask you guys though. This whole Barella playing half as a center mid, half as a right midfielder, right wing midfielder, like he's hugging that touchline, and he's let's get one thing straight. His crossing is better than almost every winger in the league wide side player in the league. What Christian? He's he's the best right hand side player I've ever seen play for Inter since my con. Bro, What's, his what are we gonna do with Barella, bro? What are we, what are we gonna do when the engine runs out? Because he's his, the best. I pray touch. to him every night. <laughs> his touch. Did you see his touch today? The <laughs> filth. Yeah. He's so, um he's the he's type so of player where even when he gets the ball in a position where you would write the play off, like, you know, like when players get the ball and you're like, oh, this is going nowhere. When Re when Barella gets the ball with two defenders on him in the corner, you're like, oh, wait, it's all good. He's going to keep that ball. He's going to yeah, hold that he's ball. He's going to touch that ball. And we go again in about four seconds time. Yeah. He's, he's incredible, bro. We just got to keep him fit, Christian, man. Keep him fit, almost, yeah? Almost, almost incredible as that perfectly weighted Ericsson ball, huh, Mario? Ooh. You know, like real recognized real. What's up? That's it. Yo, what about Lukaku's little perfectly? Let's talk about Lukaku for a second. <laughs> Let's talk about Lukaku for a second again. Like, I love even watching the highlights with my missus because she'll always say the same shit. She'll look at Lukaku and be like, fuck, he works hard. And we watch highlights from everywhere. I'll put like English Championship, Bundesliga, Bundesliga Division 2. We watch everything. And she says it, all my students say it. This guy is like, he, he's a niche player, man. Not Players like this don't come along very often. His work Adriano. ethic. And, yeah, bro, but like Adriano's work ethic was trash after rest in peace. Was as he was like, he Lukaku is everything physically, but mentally Adriano was supposed to be. I got to hold my hand up because, you know, you, Mario, to an extent, but Christian, at the start of last season, I was convinced that the right decision was to go for Cavani. We all love Cavani. We're all Cavani fans, but let's okay, stop sitting here. DNA. Let's go. Come on. You, exactly. No exactly. But let's stop here sitting and pretending that, you know, a 33, 34-year-old <clears throat> Cavani could do half of what Lukaku has done for us. No. He's, in, he's incredible, Christian, man. Talk a little bit more about him, please. 
Oh, you know, almost every day, me and my boy, Samar, got to sit there and deal with people saying that he's not world class. He has a terrible, terrible touch. He's not clutch. He's, he's nothing. Fat. He's fat. He's unlikable. He's fat. He's got eight abs, bro, on a bad day. <laughs> he's fat. That's, that's fat. That's all. That's Yo, like, 99% fat. Those are drawn on. But sometimes when I be reading what people say, I'm like, yo, either you're trolling or common sense ain't so common <clears throat> after all. Yeah, that's the second one, bro. I don't know. It's like, legit, I sit there and I just be like, how are you still questioning this guy? Almost every single football analysis has him in the top three in the world, if not top two. If not the best in the world, and you still question this guy, yo. It, we had this conversation in our Instagram chat between me, Mario, Nick, the player, as well as we usually call it. Yeah. And I posted that one goal that Holland scored, and I was just like, yo, but I'll still take Lukaku over Holland. Yeah, yeah cool. Because Lukaku is more of a finished product at the moment. <laughs> I was actually, I actually wrote down we're going to finish the podcast talking about the next generation of elites to world classes. So. If we're done with Inter, let's move along and finish with that. Yeah, gentlemen? We all good with that? I'm with it. Yeah. I love Mbappe and I love Haaland. There's no doubt these are the two to pass the torch from um, Messi and Cristiano. You know, Rivas giving me his facials and stuff like that. I get it. No one's going to measure up to CR and Messi, to be no, honest. No, it's not I even that. Know. Yeah, I know it's not even that. I'm just playing with you now, to be honest, bro, <laughs> until you give me something. Yeah. <laughs> Holland gets a little more credit just because it's Bundesliga, but Mbappe, bro, you're in the front. Like, like both, both, both players are in intricate systems and leagues and teams that suit their stat padding style of play. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that for a second. But yo, at the Pedri's end of the day, where, Pedri's nice. yeah, Pedri's but nice. at the end of the day, when Messi and Ronaldo dominated, they were in an era where like you could honestly walk on the pitch in Spain with a broken MCL and you'd probably knock in a couple of goals and win the game. Like, that level of Madrid-Barca dominance in terms of man-to-man -man players on the field. Like, ain't no Levante, Granada, fucking Villarreal, Sociedad rocking up to the Bernabeu and getting points or rocking up to the new Camp and getting points. These were the games where it was 4-1 at halftime and I was cashing in my bets early. So, <laughs> there was stat padding for a reason. And I think that's the same thing that's going on with Haaland and Mbappe. So, before you start, Rivas, I'll just say right now. Haaland's move to a bigger club is on the horizon. I'll judge it then. Right now, though, La Liga is finally balancing itself back out. You know, it's finally starting to be more competitive. Cadiz is doing well. You know, Betis is doing well. Sociedad, Sevilla. It's actually starting to balance itself out to how it was a decent league in the 80s and 90s and early to mid-2000s, you know? I, I Again, like to me, yeah, you're in a stat padding league, in my opinion. Back in the day when Ronaldo was there and Messi was there. Like, these guys are scoring 60 goals a season. Like, Come on. What? It's a super team against against uh, Atletic who who they only take teams, uh, players, from their academy, from their local cities. They don't take yep. nobody out of their, their uh, what is it, municipality pretty much. Like, you can't compare. You can't compete. There's only 12 games to go in France. PSG is still four points off the pace. Like, if they miss the league title this year, that's just absolutely bloody embarrassing, man. Like, there's no way Lille or Lyon 
should be pipping um, PSG to their French championship. They'll probably win 12 games in a row by four goals and end up winning the league by four or five games. But, you know, as long as they don't win the Champions League, that keeps that asshole and that puta without much to mm-hmm. say. They must be hating life. But we're going to reserve that podcast because I've got ideas in mind for the end of the season if, you know, we win the league and stuff like that. So we don't need to visit that right now. Some people are still sad. For, I just said we're not supposed to visit that right now. Some people are still sad for Wanda's puppet leaving. And yet PSG are, are not even told the Farmers League. Man, I swear to God, boys, I didn't even read that comment before I started talking about the French League. That's a big coincidence right there. Yeah, um, Mo, Mo's saying Pedri, yo, like he is a solid player. I, I like Pedri. I like Dest over there. You know, there's a couple of people out there in Barca that they're not bad. They're young. The thing is that Barca right now needs to get rid of Messi. You get rid of Messi, get rid of Busquets, get rid of PK, get rid of the old guard and start fresh. Yeah, you might finish fourth or fifth place, but it's time to start developing a new age, new age and new wave because uh, Barca's time is done. They're done. They're going back to the club they were before Messi, which was just a regular club. They, the me, the me, they were never on the onslaughts of Inter and Milan because back then, you know, we we were constantly doing what we gotta do. Barca had their time from two thousand and four, I want to say, to probably two years ago where they dominated because from they single-handedly, they, they, yeah, from Dino all the way up to like two years ago, they they were legitimately dominant. You you gotta give them that. But they had the yeah. little golden era. They had their golden age. It's time for them to go back to being just a basic La Liga team. It is what it is. Fair call. Uh, let's finish it up. Migo Radio says, I see Cardi being at Juventus in a few years. Bro, I'm going to say this right now. If you're an Inter fan and you didn't start tattooing that Icardi to Juventus thing in your head by a year ago now, you're late behind the party. Yeah. Of course he's going to play for them. The script has been written for a long time. We're going to become the dominant force in the country. He's going to go back and play for them, and we're going to bury the little cocksucker like he needs to be. It's always been like that. We know that. It was no secret. He's waiting to come back. So yeah. I'm not even going to throw it out to my boys here because we, we are the, you know, we've been on this channel for a long time talking about our Icardi agenda, and we'll keep talking about it until he's 100% completely irrelevant. Fares, to finish it off, the majority of the players that Barca sold last summer would almost likely win a trophy by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, bro, football is the hardest, most tactical sport in the world to play, and we've seen it come off and succeed only when all pieces of the puzzle and all intricate parts of the system tend to succeed. Barcelona was a part of a ticking system for so many years that succeeded for so long. It's why, I don't know about you, Christian, like, when I watch the English Premier League, because I watch it a lot, considering it's the only like time-friendly um, European league here in Australia, the pundits that go on there from the back generation, I reckon most of their argument is invalid. I reckon they sound like dipshits most of the time. When I, hear, when I hear former Manchester United players like Paul Scholes and Gary Neville and stuff talk about how certain Man United players should be doing this and that, I think to myself... Wow, man, you really did have a back good back in the day, didn't you? You really did fall ass first into a system that was catering to your every single need. And hey, bro, if you had a bad game, at least we won and nobody noticed, bro. Like, I think that's a big case for a lot of the past pundits that are on TV. What do you reckon, Christian, first? Well, yeah, before social media, you know, you could sit there and have a bad game and nobody's going to call you out for it. 
Now you have a social media. You got like 30, 40 kids on your IG post talking about I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke, man. Yo, that's serious. I'm probably going to end up with a comment on one of my IG posts that talking about like, stop giving out our secrets. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> like for real, like even when the players have a bad game or like a good game, with There's social no media, with with all the doctoring that you can do, uh, you can still make it seem like the guy had a bang average or a poor game. It's ridiculous. Like, oh, uh, yeah, we went back and watched it. We slowed down the video. Look at how he touches the ball with the inside of the foot when he should have touched the ball with the outside of his foot. <clears throat> he should have done this when he did this. Uh, he should have cut in when he went outside. If I was him, I would have. I would have picked the ball up with my hands, ran in a circle, and thrown the ball into the goal, and I would have had the best game of my life. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, this is ridiculous. For the record, I was trying not to cuss the whole time, and I finally slipped no, up an hour and three minutes in. That's all good, man. We're making baby steps. See, if this was recorded three, four months ago, man, it would have been chaos from the first minute. So we're all learning. It would have been an F bomb. It would have been an F bomb in the first two minutes. Let's be serious. 100%. 100%. Well, to everybody who's here, if everybody's still here, 10 people, make sure you smash a like on the video. Please, this will go up on all platforms very soon. And to my OG crew, the day one crew, Christian Rivas, always good to see you, amigo. Ciao. Ciao. And Mario, my brother, see you soon, man. Ciao. Mario, hugs and kisses. Ending.